Hello, fantasy football community. It's your host, Nate McAllister, bringing to you another fantasy on tap podcast. Podcast where we talk about beer and fantasy football. With us, as always, is James, the boogeyman, Borges. Boogeyman, how are you doing? Doing horrible in my fantasy, uh, my two fantasy leagues, but doing great since the Cowboys are 3-0. I know they're against trash teams uh, this week. We're going to see if they're the real deal and beat down the wounded Saints. I don't know. The Saints, a uh, special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown. Um Made it happen. Kamara was lights out. That should be a still a pretty good matchup. One that I definitely want to see. We'll All see right. what happens. Yeah, we will. All right. So today we got a action-packed uh, episode for you. We have a beer. It is uh, by – we went back. Back to uh, Petaluma, California, to the Lagunitas Brewing Company for this one. We got the Lagunitas Ale, 12th of Never. Um I got this guy. Actually, my mom got it for me. Um, she goes, hey, I got you a beer for your next show. I was like, okay, we'll try it out. So um, I haven't tried this beer before. Um, it was actually really, really good. Uh, it's one a beer called uh, like a Hops Forward. I didn't really understand that, but apparently when brewing beer, you have the sugar, you have the hops. They usually try and balance those out for the sweet and bitter. But if you like kind of err on the side of the hop side, then they call that Hops Forward, so you get a more bitter taste. Um, it, it was a great beer. It says it has coconut and papaya. I don't know that I could taste either of those, but I definitely could taste those like fruity notes. Um, it was really light, fresh beer with good bite. 5.5 ABV comes in a sixer, tall boys and on tap. Uh, very good beer. I will definitely be trying it again. They have a cool little saying on the top that says dot, dot, dot. So I say, Right question mark and that was it you know how it is what would you have done i would have and then i did no fear i have no idea what that means maybe it's a movie quote maybe it's uh some shakespeare i don't know what it is but uh james you have any idea what the lagunitas brewing company meant when they put that on the top of their can no clue whatsoever have no idea what the hell that means (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if they can market very well, but they have great beer. They brew very well. So Lagunitas, keep the damn thing going. Uh, the 12th of Never Ale. Try that thing out. It's really good. Um, yeah. Um, so now um, we're going to introduce a kind of a little new segment to these, especially on these shorter segments where we can, um, we're not having as many waiver wire ads or injuries to talk about. Um, from week to week, we want to introduce one called the Beast of the Week. Um, both me and Jimmy just want to talk about a guy that maybe not necessarily scored the most at his position, who we're just really impressed with, either, either on the football field or um, scoring fantasy points. So, James, started off, who is the first Beast of the Week here in uh, Week 3, going into Week 4? Beast of the Week. i got to give it up. To my boy, Mike Evans. Um, if you listen to our top 10 wide receiver podcast, um, I had him very high. I had him as my fifth wide receiver. Nate had him as his number 10 wide receiver. And I kind of understand why Nate had him at number 10. He's hot. 
and then he's cold. He's yes, then he's no. Uh, you put him into your fantasy lineup, and then you take him out. But this <laughs> week, he finally showed up. The first two weeks, we had a lot of fantasy football owners that were scared, that were nervous, because uh, he didn't produce pretty much the first two weeks. First week, two receptions for 28 yards, no touchdowns. Second week, four receptions for 61 yards and no touchdowns. And then last week against the lowly Giants, he showed up big time. Eight receptions, 190 yards, uh, three touchdowns, along a 55. He averaged 23.8 uh, yards per reception. Straight up took advantage of a weak Giants defense and secondary and put it down for his city and put it down for your fantasy team. Boom, baby. Yeah, he was definitely a beast. And uh, I just think if you were going to get Mike Evans this year, you just had to be all right with what you were going to get. He was either going to get, you know, just like you said, boom or bust. Um, And you had to be okay with that. And if you're okay with that and you can ride that wave, then get the man. Um, My beast of the week uh, had to go to Danny Dines. Daniel Jones for the New York football Giants. Fortune fools. Um, Eli Manning era, I believe, is now officially dead. Uh, he threw for 353 yards, two touchdowns through the air, two on the ground, including the winning touchdown on the ground. So uh, the dude is just an absolute monster, ice running through his veins. I mean, I'm, I'm not ready to crown this man, but, man, that was a very good performance. Um, there was a lot of quarterbacks out there who had great performances this week, but he – his first game ever as a rookie and um, especially with all the criticism that he's got, um, including me. I mean, I've given him some criticism, the Giants, some criticism of that draft pick, but man, Danny Dimes dropping it. Uh, Yeah. Very excited to see what this man can do. Um, So we're going to continue on um, tap that fantasy keg, moving to some injuries this week and the big dog over there. We're staying in New York, the big injury. Saquon Barkley uh, suffered a high ankle sprain, left the game. He's going to be out anywhere from six to eight weeks. Uh, I've been, everything I've been hearing has saying that it's going to be probably closer to the eight-week portion of that. Um, so that is a very, very tough break for football fans, Giants fans, and a lot of fantasy owners out there. So, um, of course, Saquon. Um, then we had Julian Edelman is another one that was kind of scary. He left the game as well. He had a chest injury. Uh, they did x-rays, and it was negative. doesn't have anything wrong. Um, I saw something come out today that says that they're very confident that he's going to play next week. So we're going to continue to monitor that. But um, Julian Edelman, injury. Then your boy over there, I know you got him in a league, James, the boogeyman, uh, T.Y. Hilton, had a quad injury um, prior to the, the week starting, and uh, he re-aggravated it. Um, he could miss week four. I think that's up in the air right now at this point without, uh, I mean, just speculating, I would say it's probably 50, 50 shot of him missing this week, which is not good. Um, old man shady. Um, he also re-aggravated that ankle injury that he'd been, that he was rehabbing all week. So he left the game. Um, that backfield is very beat up. I'm not sure what's going to go on back there. Um, and then the last injury I'd like to note is uh, Vance Dance McDonald, um, the smashing tight end in Pittsburgh, left the game very early with a shoulder injury. 
I could not find any information about this injury. I have no idea how severe it is or if he'll be ready to go next week, but I'm planning on him not being available. So um, those were the injuries. Uh, James, do you have any comments or additions to that injury segment? No, the only thing I really want to say is say no, Saquon. I mean, he was obviously a top three pick in every type of fantasy football draft. It doesn't matter what the platform, standard scoring, half point, full point, top three pick, expecting big things out of him this year. And he goes down with this high ankle sprain. He's out four to eight weeks. Um, this is one where you're really going to have to pay attention to. Um, I know the, the rookie got off to a hot start, their quarterback. They have a great offensive line. Three, three of their offensive linemen are going to be on the upper echelon of um, offensive linemen. So they're going to give him time to sit back in the pocket, make some passes. If he could win a couple more games and it looks like the team's heating up a little bit, I could definitely see them not rushing to get him back, but maybe pushing it a little bit closer. If they lose a game or a couple more games, the season's already shot, then I definitely see that eight-week timeline. Um, he hurt his, that same ankle back when he was in Penn State. Um, and I don't think they really want to mess around with that injury. I mean, he's a rare talent, but it's a huge blow for anybody that took Saquon on their fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, 1-1, one, one, right? So you put a big investment in that, man. All right. Whew. Moving on, we're going to uh, hit the waiver wire picks. These are your boys that you're targeting on the waiver wires this week going into week four. Um, obviously the waiver wires are going to shrink and shrink and shrink until, uh, they're just really hit and miss. So, um, we still have some really good talented guys on here. Some guys that we've mentioned before. Um, but be very aware. You're not going to go find your bell cow back this week in the waiver wires. You're not going to find that stud wide receiver. Um, we do do this off of a half point per reception scoring format and we use ESPNs, um, for our uh, availability and we only we only notate people on here that are available in over 50 percent of leagues so um those are the criteria and let's get into it first man on the list is uh we mentioned this guy again uh, actually i tried to put this guy in last week and uh, he didn't make the cut but i think uh poor performance got him on there and this is ronald jones rojo um, or if you wanted to say it in Spanish, it's a uh, old Rojo over there. Uh, yeah. So Rojo is available. Um, he's available or he's currently taken in 40.5% uh, of leagues. Um, last week he had, or this week he had 14 carries for 80 yards, one reception for 40 yards. Um, just a big week. Didn't find the end zone. So he didn't really cap that day off, but um, he had a really great week. Um, he was on the field for 30% of the time. If anyone has watched Bucks games uh, so far this year, first of all, I feel bad for you because most of them aren't very um, entertaining. But um, if you have watched Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones is so much more dynamic than Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber is the most bland running back in the league, and they just keep toting him out there, handing him the ball, slamming into his line for three yards of carry. Please just get this man, Ronald Jones, some touches. Let's get him in the groove. I know he's not their most refined running back, but if they give a start, give him some touches, I think that he can 
uh, definitely take over that backfield. James, do you believe in Rojo or Rojo or uh, he, no? No, I do believe in Rojo. And uh, he uh, he had 14 carries for 80 yards, and then he added another 41 yards uh, through the air. He totaled 121 yards last week. Um, he is the bigger, more dynamic back. Uh, all of us um, couch coaches that watch the games, like Nate was saying, just through the eye test, you just want this guy to get more touches. Come on, Bruce Arians, flip that Kangol hat around and put <laughs> Ronald Jones in there for the majority of the time. The guy's a beast. Mr. Kangol hat is a lunatic. Did you hear him say that he he backed his uh, kicker up five yards so that he because the kick will be a little bit easier. Yeah, I did, I did hear him say that. He was, And he was pissed when he was getting asked that. The other <laughs> no. question I have is his beard looks whack. I don't know if it's different, <laughs> if he's shaving it different, but that beard sucks. <laughs> no, it definitely does. Freaking Kangle hat. All right, moving on to the next man on the list. And this man is a straight vulture. Jeff, William, or Jeff Wilson Jr., He's only owned in 2.9% of leagues. Last week, he had 18, I mean, eight carries for 18 yards and two touchdowns. The week before, he had two more touchdowns. That backfield over there in uh, San Francisco is really good, really talented. Um, they have found some sort of scheme to be really successful with the running game. But for whatever reason, doesn't matter which running back is in the backfield, when they get inside the five, when they get inside the 10, here comes old Jeff Wilson Jr. Man, this is tough, and it's now can't be ignored. Now, you can't expect him to get two touchdowns a game. He's obviously not getting the volume. But when bye weeks start to come around and you need a guy to plug in and you hope for a high upside with like a touchdown or something like that, Jeff Wilson Jr. could be a guy you throw in your flex. I'm not relying him on to be a running back too. I don't think he has very high upside unless there's an injury. But you can't ever predict those. So Jeff Wilson Jr., definitely a guy to stash. Jimmy, do you believe in my boy? Jeff Wilson Jr. scoring two touchdowns every game? He's going to – right now, what's that, four <laughs> touchdowns in three weeks? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has four touchdowns um, to uh, start off the season. And um, I credit um, their head coach, uh, the, the son of Mike Shanahan, um, it's that running scheme, man. It, they have the running game cooking. Seems like it doesn't matter who they put in the backfield right now. They're just killing it. Mostert had 12 carries for 79 yards. Breda had 14 carries for 68 yards. And here comes J.W. Jr. J, I'm going to start calling him J.W. Jr. Coming in there with eight carries for 18 yards for two touchdowns. I mean, obviously it looks like he's the goal line back. They're looking to keep the other two fresh. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stash this dude, but I might have to in one of my leagues. My running backs are so ugly. Um, if the guy could score two touchdowns every week, I mean, you're going to be golden. I wouldn't put my money on it. I wouldn't put, uh, I want to be just guaranteeing that's going to happen every week. But I mean, if you're desperate and you need some kind of fantasy points, uh, go pick up JW Jr. No, definitely. W is the guy to, when you need points, you know, you don't, you don't have very good options on the bench. It's just, you're looking at everything and just, you're hoping for maybe a little volume here. Or you're hoping for this. Um, w is the guy that you throw in there and you're like, okay, this is boom or bust. He's either going to score me a touchdown or he's not. Um, the Niners have given a lot of opportunities so far. So 
Um, how how about those damn Niners just in general? Three and zero. Their their wins have been ugly. The Packers are three and zero. The Cowboys are three and zero. I'm starting to think this is like 1995, <laughs> somewhere in the 90s. I don't know what the hell is going on right now. The 90s revision is coming back. We're gonna see old Troy Aikman and uh, Brett Favre come running out and freaking Steve Young. So, all right, moving on. Talking about these old fools coming into a young buck. Uh, Darrell Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's only owned in 2.5% of leagues. Last week, he had nine carries for 62 yards, five receptions. He turned into 47 yards. He did not find the end zone, and he was on the field 54% of the time. Um, Darrell Williams, I think he's going to be over-targeted this week. I think a ton of owners who are having trouble at the running back position are going to really go hard after this guy, and I don't think he's the guy. Now, can he uh, be a Band-Aid and, like, spell them for a few weeks? Sure. Um, I think he can provide some fantasy upside. Any running back in this offense who's going to get touches and um, in Kansas City is going to provide you some sort of upside, right? But um, he's just not – he's not going to be the guy when people are healthy. When, when the guys start getting healthy again, um, the other Williams over there gets healthy and um, Shady is healthy, then I think obviously Darrell falls back. But um, if you need a Band-Aid, uh, McCoy was hurt again. Williams, I, we don't know if he's going to be coming back. Uh, if, if he's a lone man in the backfield with the uh, rookie back there, then, I mean, I think he's a very good play for next week going against Detroit. So, um, yeah, I, I, would, I would go after Darrell Williams. Definitely, if you are in need of running back, I think he definitely could fill in that running back two void for you if you needed, or a very high end flex if McCoy is hurt. So, James, do you agree, disagree, or don't care about this man? Uh, I don't agree or disagree or care. Um, it just Different, seems like huh? it, it just feels like every single week the Kansas City Chiefs offense just gets more muddled and more confusing but they still continue to produce. Um, and as the injuries keep mounting, it's like there's going to be like 10 fantasy football players on the Chiefs rostered in your league. And when everybody gets healthy, who in the hell is going to get the ball? Um, fantasy is about week to week. So if you're desperate this week and you really need somebody, pick him up. I don't see him as somebody that's going to be uh, benefiting from the long haul unless uh, one of their top two starters – has a significant injury that's going to knock him out for the year or for multiple weeks. But as of right now, if you need someone to start next week and you need to win next week, then pick this dude up. If not, don't even waste your time. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on to the man, the only, maybe the only man who was maybe happy about Saquon's injury, and it's Wayne Gallman. Uh, Wayne Gallman. Honestly, this guy's going to – he's only owned in 1.2% of leagues. Last week he had five carries for 13 yards and zero receptions, and that was with 63% of the snaps. Um, he does get Washington next week, which is an upside. But honestly, I, I mean, if you really need a player, then sure, go after Gallman. But the only reason that I – honestly believe that Saquon Barkley is so good and produces at such a high level is because he's an elite talent and Wayne Gallman is not that guy so he's he might get some of the Saquon volume but 
he's not going to produce at Saquon level. So this is a very bad team that uh, has a rookie quarterback still, even though he had a great uh, first game. I mean, he's, he's still a rookie quarterback. So people are going to start making him try and beat you by stacking the box. I don't feel good about having Gallman on my team. I think he's going to be way overvalued this week. A ton of people in your leagues are going to go after Gallman. Um, I would advise that you stay away from him and maybe go after one of the other guys that we mentioned prior to this. So, uh, Jimmy, Mr. Gallman, I know you need some running backs. I know you're putting some big fab dollars on him, right? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to touch back on something that you said, um, just about how elite Saquon is. Once again, if you listen to our top 10 running backs, um, Saquon led the league in yard, yards after contact. He had 931 yards um, after contact. I mean, that is elite of the elite. Um, dude is just an animal. And I said earlier, I like their offensive line. I like their left tackle. Um, I like their left guard and I like their right guard. I'm not going to go deep into it. Nate Solder, uh, Kevin Zeitler, and uh, Will Hernandez. So I do think they can get some push. Maybe he has a little bit more hope with that quarterback, um, but he is not Saquon Barkley. Um, if you own Saquon Barkley, you're going to want to handcuff him maybe if you have a roster spot. And a lot of, like Nate said, a lot of people are going to be going after this dude. First week he had two carries for 17 yards, 8.5 average, one touchdown. Last week was straight garbage, 2.6 average. Who knows what the hell this guy's going to give you. But if you're in a 12-man league right now, you're getting desperate because there is no running back options. You have to go after this guy. Whether you believe in him or not, he's going to be the guy that's getting the carries in some production. Uh, you got to go after him if you need a running back just to see what's going to happen. But it is a huge risk. Yeah, I agree. In a lot of leagues, you're going to have to go after him because he's the only option to get you points. But I don't feel I don't feel good about it at all. So. Can I just say, just can I, can I just say his name sucks too? His name is Wayne Gallman Jr. <laughs> Gallman Jr. Yeah, no, that's a terrible name. Is there a junior on the end? I didn't see the junior, but yeah, it's, yeah, man, that's your goal, man. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to my last two guys. These guys are probably not going to give you much production week to week, and they are um, not going to give you any any real real noticeable reduction but they are players that i think that you should stash after seeing them this week first guy tony pollard owned in 19 percent of the leagues next guy alexander madison of the minnesota vikings alexander madison and tony pollard both showed what kind of skill sets they had in games that were kind of blown out and they got to get a lot of carries over there they are both very good running backs on very good teams that like to do just that pound the ma rock so if you have a league where you just have a dude to stash there you know you're never going to play you have like a ted ginn or something sitting on your bench swap that guy out get one of these guys while you can still get them cheap because if i mean heaven forbid there's an injury to one of these great running backs who are doing really well this year um you can go slide in there get tony pollard and alexander madison prior to the you know everyone grabbing them on the waiver wire because they will definitely be um, number one waiver claim will be put on them or pretty much unload the fab uh, if, you, if you're if you in a fab budget type league. So 
do yourself a favor. If you have a trash player that you're never going to play, go grab Pollard, go grab Madison. I think is a good point. Uh, Jimmy, uh, do you agree about your boy Pollard and, and maybe little Madison over there? I do agree with exactly, exactly with what you said. This is not a situation um, like a lot of people beginning excited with the saints um, the way they kind of ran uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara and somewhat Latavius Murphy and Alvin Kamara. They're not those type of backs. They, they were blowing out those games like Nate said. So these uh, running backs got uh, some carries because they're not going to, there's no reason to start uh, Zeke or homeboy from the Vikings and get him injured for any reason. Um, the only type of value they're going to have really is if one of those dudes go down and get hurt. And I would be more apt to grab Tony Pollard just because of the way the Cowboys offensive line is dominating. Um, but I'm not teach touching either one of those guys. All right. Well, I mean, you got to have the room for sure. Uh, you definitely have to have the room, but if you do have the room stash one of these guys, cause they could win you a league literally. Um, all right. Uh, that was my last running backs that I had. Uh, we're going to move on to the wide receivers. Um, I'm going to kind of just scroll through these top five because we've mentioned these top five, and they're still somehow under 50% owned on ESPN leagues, which just blows my mind. Um, so we got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, Nicole um, Hardman, which I can't even believe that one, DJ Baby Chark, uh, we got Nelson Aguilar. I can see the Nelson Aguilar one, but if you guys listen to us, you should have that man this week and smashed with him. And then Debo, what you got on my 40, Samuel. Um, those guys are all very good options, but there is kind of a lot of wide receivers out there to, to be had, but those are very good options. Um, we went over them in previous episodes, told you guys to go out and grab them. Um, they're still available in 50% of leagues, so if you need wide receivers, all of those guys – are very good wide receivers to either throw in your flex or maybe even be your wide receiver too. Most of them are all going to give you pretty much like high-end flex or wide receiver two upside. So now we'll move into the guys that we haven't talked about. Um, first one, I really like this one. Uh, it's Philip Dorsett from the New England Patriots. I liked the move a couple of years ago when they traded for Dorsett. Um, it kind of went under the radar. They never really utilized him. Um, he's currently owned in 11.4% of leagues. Uh, last week he got seven targets turned into six receptions for 53 yards and he had two touchdowns. Uh, this year he has three total touchdowns. Last week he was on the field 92% of the time. If you can get the wide receiver in the Patriots offense that is on the field 92% of the time, take him. I mean, the only reason he wasn't on the field last week and we didn't see good production, we had good production out of the first week, about seven targets the first week. Week two, um, Antonio Brown debacle was there. So he was kind of pushed out of the situation. Now week three, no Antonio Brown. Um, he's back in, he's back in there. Now, if Julian Edelman, this chest thing sets him back at all, that makes Philip Dorsett's value skyrocket. Um, I just think he's in a great situation. He's already, he started to find some chemistry with Tom Brady. Uh, I would love – I don't want to touch anyone in that backfield, but I love having some of their wide receivers. And I think Philip Dorsett is a great value at where you're going to be able to get him this week. Jimmy, what you got? What you got? I think – I think it, I agree with everything that you just said. You said that beautifully. Um, the other thing – the only thing I would add to that is 
I love you, Josh Gordon. I don't mean this to say this about you because you were my deep, deep fantasy guy, but he's about due for a suspension. Um, you never know what he's going to do. Um, so, I mean, he could easily be the number one here pretty quickly. Um, Julian Edelman's tough as nails, but do watch his uh, injury. Um, he has really good production, and they are slinging the hell out of the ball this year. Uh, Tom Brady is getting after after it, um, even though he's 42. Uh, they're slinging the ball, man. And uh, Philip Dorsett, I do see him to be pretty consistent for the rest of the year. He's going to give you good, maybe not great, but good, solid production. Yeah, he's like a baby Julian Edelman, and he's obviously giving you touchdown upside, which Julian Edelman never really gave a ton of touchdown upside. And also one a factor that was there was, I mean, no James White this week. So you can kind of factor that in. You know how many receptions James White gets swinging out of the backfield. I'm sure that they were similar targets um, going towards our set. So um, moving on to this man over here, uh, I did not grab his inline stats, but um, I had to throw him on here when we were, when I was filling this out and watching the game, Taylor Gabriel, three touchdowns tonight. He did leave the contest uh, early if you were watching that game tonight, but uh, with a concussion. So that's not going to be good. He might not be available for next week. But um, if you get a chance, I mean, I don't like the Bills passing attack. I, I, I think that Allen Robinson was getting a ton of targets over there, but it seemed to kind of shift Taylor Gabriel. So, um, if Taylor, if Taylor Gabriel start, keeps getting the type of attention he is from um, Mitch Trubisky, then, I mean, I would take a shot on him and stash him. I'm not going to spend almost any fab dollars on him, and I'm definitely not giving a high waiver claim, but I would love to see what happens out of this guy. He's really dynamic. I've always thought he was dynamic, and I think that um, he could be a really good player, uh, you know, kind of how the, um, Matt Nagy wants to use them over there. So he kind of wants to make that real dynamic type op- offense. So. He fits, the, he fits the mold. James, uh, you like Taylor Gabriel? Did you watch the game at all tonight? Did you see those three tutties uh, in the uh, first quarter? <laughs> he had them all in the first quarter? I think it was the first quarter or the second quarter, but he had them all in one quarter, that's for sure. I don't, I don't like Taylor Gabriel. And the reason I don't like Taylor Gabriel is I don't like Mitch Trubisky, little Mitchell. Uh, first two games was garbage. This game, he he straightened himself out. First game, 57.8 completion percentage. Uh, second week, 59.3 completion percentage. And and that might be because they went up against the Packers and the Broncos. They torched the Redskins. He had 80.6 completion percentage. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of Mitchell Trubisky and what he's doing right now. Um, if you just need someone that needs uh, some type of upside, something that when you wake up the next day you feel good about, and I would go grab Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, I, I agree. Mitch Dubisky, I was watching some of his passes tonight, and they were just so off target. He had some wide-open receivers that he just plain out missed. So um, that defense really kept him in this game, really held it together. Uh, and I honestly cannot stand listening to Booger McFarland for one more dang game. God, Booger. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then my last wide receiver on here um, – this is Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's owned in 1.8% of leagues. Last week he had six targets for three receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. He was in the, on the field for 79% of the snaps. Uh, he definitely w- did what they said. They wiped Dante Moncrief. He wasn't even active. He was off the field. So I think this is definitely Deontay Johnson's job. 
somebody has to catch the ball over there. I'm not saying this is a dynamic offense. It's, it's not looking good. But I thought the connection might be more with James Washington. He's, um, but it did seem like they were kind of targeting Deontay Johnson, trying to get the ball in his hands in space. They give him one rush as well. So I always like when that happens. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely – it's an upside play. It's a, it's a stash in the dark because um, you don't know who he's going to – Mason Rudolph is finally going to lock onto. But um, if it is Deontay Johnson and you get him this week for a very cheap waiver priority or a buck on your uh, fab dollars, you'll be happy. So um, Deontay Johnson might be stash-worthy. Is he stash-worthy for you, James, or – you're staying away from that Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiving core outside of Juju and even maybe Juju at this point. No, it, it doesn't scare me. And maybe I should have brought this up last week, but um, I don't think it happened before our podcast. It happened late in the week. I read an article um, where they basically went to him and said, you are the starter now um, that they were going to be benching um, Dante Moncrief. I didn't want anything to do with them just because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I didn't, I don't have a roster spot for him. I'm loaded at wide receiver on one of my fantasy teams and my other fantasy team. I'm pretty good at wide receiver too. Um, but yes, he needs to throw the ball to somebody. And with Juju being the focal point of that offense right now, he's going to be double teamed every single week. Um, I think the head coach in the organization was basically just making like a power play and saying like, dude, you're going to start and we don't care about Dante Moncrief and I can't, I don't see them making a statement like that and then going back. So I, I think this guy is going to be the starter uh, going forward. He's going to have a lot of opportunities. Might want to watch it week to week, maybe watch him one more week and see what he does next week. But uh, if you're desperate for wide receiver help, go grab him. Yeah, um, definitely. He's, he's something that could have a week to week, you know, starting it's, value. He's going to get the targets, I think. So it's hard. It's hard for me to get all passionate about these wide receivers when we still have DJ DJ Chark out there producing yeah. for three three weeks in a row, and then Michael Hardman. Yeah. I, I don't understand why these guys are available. I know they're not available in the two fantasy leagues that we're in together, but he, they're owned in less than fifty percent. Yeah, that's crazy. What are, guys, what are you guys smoking out there? What's yeah. going on? Go pick these dudes up for sure. Um, that was my last wide receiver. Like I said, it's a little lackluster with these these fresh guys coming on here. Um, but that was my last wide receiver. <clears throat> Moving on to the quarterback position. The quarterback position is a little bit different than all the others because um, everyone kind of has their dude or maybe a dude that sits behind the dude. But um, if you have fell to one of these injuries or one of your quarterbacks is underperforming, um, these are some guys that I think have good matchups or – are very good pickups that are still under 50% owned. Matthew Stafford, he I know he's in an offense uh, that is not going to cater to the pass anymore. He has very good wide receivers. He has a very good tight end, um, a good offensive line, and a good running game. So um, very good situation over there for, for Stafford. And this week he hosts the Chiefs, so I can bet – that they will be behind in that game, and Stafford is going to be throwing the ball a ton. So I really like Matthew Stafford this week as a pickup. Um, next one is my uh, beast of the week, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, he's hosting the uh, – or he's he's actually, yeah, hosting the Washington Redskins. We saw what their defense looks like. It looks like uh, Swiss cheese over there. They're getting torched 
Um, so Danny Dimes should have a big day over there. So if you really want to go on an upside play, you kind of have a very weak option at quarterback this week. Go grab Danny Dimes and throw him in your lineup. And my last one is Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, everyone was really hot on this dude. At the beginning of the season, had a couple bad games. I can guarantee people are going to be trying to pick him up this week. But if you need a quarterback, Jameis Winston is at the Rams. The Rams defense is not this great pass defense. Teams can get at them. Um, I know the Browns didn't do very well, but I do like Jameis Winston at the Rams if you're hurting at the quarterback position. Jimmy, you have any ads to the uh, quarterback waiver dives? Actually, I do. I'm surprised you're not saying this guy's name. Um, Kyle Allen, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. He started the last game, week 17 in 2018. He had a decent game, 64.5 completion, 266, two touchdowns. Uh, last week, he fills in for Cam Newton, and they were high on this guy um, coming into the season. He completed 73.1% of his passes, 261 yards, and four touchdowns, 144 rating. Um, dude just looked amazing. He looked efficient. Um, anytime someone throws four uh, touchdowns and zero interceptions, someone worth looking at. So if you're desperate for quarterback help, help Kyle Allen is still out there as well. Yeah, no, he could definitely help you out. And I think they already officially ruled Cam Newton out for the game. So um, it, will 100%. Be, it will be Allen's offense. I didn't see who they were playing, though. Who were they playing? Did you see that? No, I didn't. I'll, I'll look it up, though. Right. As you keep talking. So we'll move on to my last player. This is the tight end position. If you're searching for tight ends like I am, one of my leagues, my tight ends went down. I have uh, David Njoku and uh, I have David Njoku and oh Vance McDonald. Both my tight ends went down. So I am searching, struggling for a tight end. I thought it'd be all right with those two. Um, I would go after this man. This is the only one that I could find on there. It was owned under 50% and I think has a very good upside and isn't just kind of equal to the field. And it's, again, Will Disley. I know he caught, Will a Disley! <laughs> he caught that garbage time touchdown from Russ. I wasn't even garbage time. The game was over. Clock was at zero. So, um, But he had a really good game. He had six receptions, turned into 62 yards, and a touchdown. So he's only owned in 27% of leagues. I think he's a very good upside play, a guy that I would be confident starting week to week, um, especially since Russ has formed some sort of rapport with him. So, uh, yeah, Will Disley, that's my only tight end for the week. I wanted to throw this stat out there. In the six games that Will Disley has played, he's has scored seven touchdowns, so that's over a touchdown a game. This guy's a touchdown machine. Go get him for his touchdown upside alone. That's crazy, yeah, that's Good stat. Did you figure out the uh, the person that uh, the Panthers are playing this week or the team the Panthers are Yeah, Kyle Allen's going to be going up against the Texans' defense. Are they good? Are they bad? I don't know. They're running the mill. But if you're desperate, start them. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, I did want to throw a little bit of a shout-out to uh, one of our listeners. He, uh, he commented on us and told us that um, last week we were we were talking about the uh, New England style IPA and we didn't really know what the difference was. Um, the listener, his name was Jordan with an I. Don't ask me. I don't know why you would ever spoil your name. Jordan with an I, Aerith. Um, he said that it is the process of brewing so that 
it's a it's kind of like a what, oh, a hazier IPA. So they don't they don't uh I forget exact terminology. I'm sorry, Jordan with an I. But <laughs> uh, it's a hazier IPA basically. And uh the shelf life isn't as good, but it has a lot more flavor. So um whenever you see hazy IPA, they're generally uh, a New England style IPA. So thank you, Jordan with an I. Um, I hope you don't get offended for us uh, making fun of your abnormally spelled name, but thank you. Anyways, um, well, that's all we got for you this week. Um, remember, check us out on Instagram. We're at uh, Fantasy on Tap. Um, we throw out some great stats and just some uh, good information, or if you ever have just any questions you want to get to us, we can uh, answer them there. We also have a uh, Twitter page at James Boogeyman Borges has uh, been so kind to run and he's uh, throwing out some funny stuff and uh, also some useful information. James, you want to throw out that handle? Yes, it is uh, tap underscore fantasy. I'm on Twitter. Come BS with me. Come uh, say some funny jokes. Um, one other thing I wanted to throw out there really quick was uh, start the Colts defense versus Oakland this week. Uh, Raiders suck, and I just want to say that because uh, I hate Raider fans and they suck. Uh, actually, I don't hate Raider fans. I just can't stand Oakland. Uh, but the real reason is is uh, they got they got smashed last week. They had to travel all the way to Minnesota. This week they have to travel all the way back to Indy. They're getting tossed all the way around the country right now. And uh, don't sleep on the Colts defense. Start them. Yeah, I, I think it's a good spot to end. Raiders suck. <laughs> Love you, CJ. Uh, well, yeah. Hey, well, thank you again, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. all of the listens and the likes and the shares and the subscribes that we get um, from week to week. Me and Jimmy really love doing this every week, and we love all of the support. Right, James? Hell yeah, I do. Uh, we love fantasy. We love talking about fantasy. We love BSing and bashing on uh, social media. We like answering questions. We like making jokes. We like drinking beer. More than anything, we love all of you guys for supporting us, liking, sharing, um, talking about us with uh, family members and friends, and just uh, doing this podcast together. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Yeah. Peace.